Good evening, dear students, interns, and distinguished colleagues. I, Kamakshi Vasan, Chief Operating Officer, the Lotima Foundation, welcome you all to start off this exciting journey of this one-month course and practical internship on international relations and diplomacy at the Telotma Foundation. Telotma Foundation works globally on diverse subjects of international affairs, strategic and scientific policy, gender, defense and area studies. This will be an exhilarating and enthralling journey for all the students who have enrolled for the May 2022 cohort. I am especially acknowledge the efforts and leadership of Mr. Soham Das, Chairman and Director, Telotma Foundation, for his support and positive encouragement in curating this program. International relations and diplomacy are both the practice and the study of the relations of the nation states and other entities in the international system. It represents common behaviors, especially many acts of peaceful cooperation, negotiations, and dialogues. There are many examples to explain the subject of international relations. One interesting example would be the ongoing war in Ukraine. Ambassador Malotra will, of course, speak at length about it. Then there is the Indian Ocean region, the Southeast Asian region, including the South China Sea, the Middle East. Today, we have Ambassador Achal Kumar Malotra, former Indian ambassador to Armenia and Georgia, and distinguished fellow, South Caucasus region, the Lotma Foundation, with us. Thank you for being here for this special orientation session. Ambassador Malotra will deliver a general introduction and a lecture on diplomacy with relevant present-day case studies for better understanding of the subject. I would now request Ambassador Malotra to kindly start with the special orientation session. Over to you, Ambassador Malotra. Thank you, Kamakshi, and uh, good evening to everybody. Uh, I would also like to join Kamakshi in welcoming you to uh, a very interesting and a very exciting uh, field. Uh, namely the international relations and uh, diplomacy. Well, uh, the commonest uh, and probably the most accepted uh, definition of diplomacy, it's an art and skill of communication, an art and skill of holding dialogue. In the context of international relations, when we talk about diplomacy, what exactly we mean? We mean it is a communication, it is a dialogue, and this dialogue can be between the two independent sovereign nations, or it can be uh, within a group of nations, or it can be at a global level, when the entire global community sits together to conduct a dialogue with a defined and a desired objective. Now, depending upon the field in which this communication and dialogue is held, uh, it has been commonly the practice to describe diplomacy as political diplomacy or economic diplomacy or cultural diplomacy. And in recent years, we also hear about science diplomacy, 
and defense diplomacy and even space diplomacy, which in fact is a part of science and technology. When you conduct this dialogue between the two nations, we describe it as a bilateral diplomacy. But when you take it as a group of nations which belong to a particular region, then it becomes a regional diplomacy. The example of the bilateral diplomacy are numerous. In the context of India, it's India, Pakistan, Bang India, Sri Lanka, India, Bangladesh, India, America, India, Germany, India, Denmark. When you talk about the regional dimensions of diplomacy, then we talk about South Asia. We conduct the dialogue through established mechanisms such as South Asian Association of, uh, you know, SARC as we call it, are the sub-regional, which is uh, BIMSTEC. In Southeast Asia, we have uh, Association of Southeast Asian Nations. And, uh, you know, likewise, uh, uh, you have regional, bilateral, and as the dimensions grow, it becomes a global. The most accepted, the most, uh, you know, uh, the, the platform for conduct of international diplomacy is the United Nations and its institutions. Now, what are the objectives of diplomacy? Basically, the idea is to talk and talk just not for the sake of talking, but to promote understanding, cooperation, mutual trust, peace, stability, prosperity, and not only between the two countries again, in a particular region, and eventually throughout the world. So uh, the bottom line of any communication or any dialogue in the context of international relations is that we come to an agreement or a consensus on areas of convergence. And we should also agree to manage our differences in a manner which is peaceful, which is of understanding each other's you know, priorities. And at the end of the day, of course, securing national interest is the ultimate objective of any individual nation. But when everybody is striving to achieve its own national interest, the possibility of conflict is always there. So the art of diplomacy again comes into hand. How to prevent conflicts? And if there are conflicts, how do we resolve those conflicts? So you see, the, the scope of diplomacy is very, very broad. And this is a channel through which we conduct international uh, relations. You may ask, is diplomacy a successful tool? The answer is both yes and no. There are numerous you know, cases uh, when we can cite and when we can say that yes, 
we all sat together and finally we were able to arrive at some decisions which are in the interest of the global good for example take the paris agreement on climate change see uh, everybody is aware of the problem of uh, climate change environment uh, degeneration and the kind of impact it is having on everyday's life after protracted and prolonged negotiations finally we have an agreement in hand and if we are able to collectively work on it we can at least mitigate you know the the impact of the climate change whether or not uh, the international understandings are implemented in letter or spirit it's altogether different issue you know doesn't really uh, fall into the uh, to the context in which we are talking today similarly there are many other issues like global disarmament or the norms of conducting international trade uh, wto has taken several decisions and of course the un charter where the entire global community has come to an agreement over uh, following a certain set of principles in the conduct of international relations once again you may say uh, uh, how many countries are actually following those that's a separate debate but the point is uh, through protracted prolonged persistent you know dialogue or diplomacy as you call it we try to arrive at a scenario you know where there is a global peace leading to stability and then leading to prosperity so when we talk about political diplomacy the idea is to develop political understanding to communicate with each other and resolve all the issues in a negotiated peaceful manner when we talk about economic diplomacy the idea is to provide a boost to trade and investments mutual between the two countries or it can be between the region when we talk about the region recently in asean you have seen there was a rcep an agreement was concluded similarly there are many free trade area agreements wto has certain set of rules uh, which have talk about competition which talk about you know uh the protection anti protectionism globalization so all these things are then covered under the economic diplomacy when we talk about the cultural diplomacy then we actually rely upon the cultural the social ethos the values the religious links between the two countries and then we see how we can build upon uh, you know those uh, uh, links which span over thousands of years and translate Uh, you know those uh, age old connections into political understanding are promoting uh, you know uh, overall bilateral relationship that's why we are talking these days in terms of buddhist circuits ramayana circuits the idea is to then involve people when there is a strong people to people bond the other understandings automatically uh, are generated they, they they are actually a very uh, substantial contributing factor they may need not necessarily uh, you know guide or influence the foreign policy of a particular country but they can be a very very important cont contributory factor so with this uh, uh, you know the uh, 
uh, a broad uh, description of what, uh, how do we define diplomacy? What are the types of diplomacies? What are the objectives of the diplomacy? Whether there are failure, whether there are successes. I cited some success stories, but unfortunately, uh, diplomacy has uh, not always been fully successful. There have been partial successes, there have been partial failures, and mostly uh, it has happened uh, in the context of uh, conflicts, which are territorial in nature, are conflicts arising out of different ideologies. And there it has been a difficult challenge for the diplomacy. In the very recent past, uh, the example is the Russia-Ukraine crisis. But before I come to that, uh, the, the, the golden principle is that whenever diplomacy will fail, it would be the start of a conflict. But let's not forget it, that in order to prevent or to stop that conflict, once again, you have to resort to diplomacy. Once again, you have to come to the negotiating table. And once again, you have to talk to each other so that there is a uh, ceasefire and there is a roadmap for resolving the conflict. May not always be possible to resolve uh, the conflict, but if diplomacy can at least bring about uh, an end to the war, an end to armed conflict, and uh, you know, create an environment for further talks and negotiation, that by itself is a big success. Many conflicts over a period of time have become frozen conflicts. Uh, they may they are simmering conflicts. They may flare up again. But the fact that diplomacy has been able to keep them under the carpet, that by itself has been a big, big, uh, you know, achievement. So without diplomacy, you can't think of international relations. It's a tool, it's an art, it's a skill, it's a science. Uh, so with these uh, broad, uh, you know, description of the topic uh, or the diploma course that you're going to attend, uh, I would... Uh, uh, Give the floor to you if you have any questions. Uh, Kamakshi, is there uh, anything uh, you would like me to speak about uh, Russia Ukraine also? Um, yes, sir. Yes, sir. Okay. So, uh, when we are talking about uh, the diplomacy as failure successes, the most recent crisis that has erupted and that is uh, calling for global attention is the conflict between uh, Russia and Ukraine. You know, prima facie, this is a conflict between Russia and Ukraine. But fact of the matter is that this conflict has got much larger dimensions. This conflict is essentially between Russia on the one side and NATO, the group of NATO, the NATO alliance led by America on the other hand. You see, it has a long uh, history. Uh, you can trace it to the demise of the Soviet Union in the 1990s. When the Soviet Union disintegrated, 15 independent former Soviet republics emerged as independent countries. Russia or the Russian Federation was the largest. Over the next few years, you know, the kind of understanding which Russian Federation had with the NATO was that NATO will not expand towards east and not come closer 
to the Russian borders. This was a kind of a security guarantee for Russia. And even those years, they were talking in terms of Russia becoming a part of the Euro-Atlantic structures, European Union, even NATO. Uh, in my opinion, uh, once the Soviet Union disintegrated, there was an end to Cold War, the Warsaw Pact had been dissolved, NATO should have also been disbanded. Uh, but unfortunately, this did not happen. And not only this did not happen, NATO kept on expanding. Between 1999 and 2004, they had admitted as many as 14 new members. Most of these countries belong to the Eastern Europe and the former Soviet Union, like Estonia, Latvia, Lithuania, or the former Warsaw Pact countries like Poland, Romania, Bulgaria, which are, which are the neighboring, you know, in the close vicinity of uh, the uh, Russian Federation. The initial few years, Russia was weak, but under Putin, Russia decided to assert. Basically, it is Putin's determination to revive the, you know, mighty, old, powerful uh, Russia. Of course, uh, Putin is uh, realistic enough to realize that uh, Soviet Union cannot be revived in its old form, but it, it was his ambition to make Russia as strong. And he started challenging uh, this eastward expansion of uh, uh, NATO. And in 2008, Russia's response to NATO's decision to take Ukraine and also Georgia as its members at some later unspecified date provoked Russia to the extent that it attacked Georgia and declared you know, the, 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 uh, recognize the uh, self-proclaimed independence of Georgia's breakaway regions. 2014, uh, Russia took over, uh, you know, uh, 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 manipulated in a manner that uh, the Crimean island, uh, the Crimean peninsula, which was a part of Ukraine, uh, was uh, integrated or annexed to, uh, we normally call it annexation of Crimea, but Russians call it incorporation of in, uh, Crimea uh, into Russian Federation by the will and choice of the people of that region. But that's a different issue. In most recent times, Putin made a demand uh, to NATO, to America and NATO for, you know, guarantees, security guarantees that NATO will not be expanded any further, and definitely Ukraine will not be a part of NATO because Ukraine happens to be the bordering uh, country with Russia. And if Ukraine also become member of NATO, then obviously NATO comes and sits next to Russia, and Russia considers it as a threat, kind of a threat to its security. And Russia's claim was that. We must adhere to the concept of indivisible security, which means Ukraine has a right to its security, but its security uh, should not become a threat to Russia's security. So uh, obviously, these demands were not to be met. And, uh, and in my assessment, Americans took it as an opportunity and they let it let, you know, let the things flow uh, in a manner. 
that finally Russia did what Russia perhaps should not have done, uh, which was decided uh, to recognize the independence of Donetsk and Luhansk, which are two breakaway regions of Ukraine in the Donbas region. And not only recognize their independence, but also decided to send a special military mission uh, with the stated objective of protecting them and demilitarizing uh, those uh, you know, territories. But ultimate aim of Russia is to get hold of the eastern part of Ukraine from the Sea of Azov right up to the Black Sea, so that it can you know, as to a certain extent, uh, be in a position to counter the threat arising from the eastward movement of NATO. Now, be that what it may have to be. Everybody thought uh, this war will not continue for more than three, four, five, or seven days. But unfortunately, uh, it has, uh, you know, it's over two months. And so far, so far, once again, unfortunately, the diplomacy uh, is being conducted. I mean, there is a diplomacy behind the scenes. Uh, there is, there are all diplomatic efforts are being made uh, to, you know, sort, sort of uh, uh, come to an understanding or at least address some issues like creating human corridors uh, for providing humanitarian assistance. But no, uh, there is absolutely no agreement on. Um, uh, they, 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 there are no signs of even nearing an agreement uh, which would put an end to this conflict, even if it is temporarily. And uh, in my assessment, the reason is simple because uh, big powers like America and uh, Europe have uh, taken it as a golden opportunity, handed over to them by the Russians over a platter so that they could use or exploit the situation to weaken Russia to the extent possible by imposing severe sanctions, the Americans and the Europeans hope to cripple uh, Russia's economy and also uh, kind of exclude Russia from the global financial uh, systems. But I, I think Russia must have factored into, uh, you know, when he decided to uh, move into Ukraine. Uh, Putin must have factored it into uh, his scheme of things. Uh, he must have anticipated and probably he would have also taken uh, some possible uh, measures. And uh, as some of the analysts were, provide, uh, were, were uh, mentioning the other day, uh, that uh, ruble has become uh, today is stronger than what it happened, what, what it was on 24th of February. Uh, it, it dipped uh, for a while. Uh, but it has uh, bounced back. So as uh, some of the economists also feel that uh, never in the past the international sanctions, particularly when they are unilateral sanctions, uh, which do not have the approval of the United Nations, they usually don't uh, you know, uh, succeed. Or their impact is uh, usually a temporary impact. But coming, uh, reverting to our main theme, the diplomacy, so I would say that so far, uh, there is no success. And the reason is, in my opinion, that big powers don't want 
a solution. They don't want to use the tool of diplomacy effectively in a manner uh, that uh, there is a ceasefire because from their point of view, Russia's prolonged involvement, military involvement in Ukraine would help the Americans in achieving their objective of weakening uh, Russia. They are willing to spend a lot of money, provide moral, political, economic, military support, short of sending their own soldiers on the Ukrainian soil. And uh, President Zelensky uh, is counting uh, on full support from the West in the hope that one day uh, the Ukrainian forces will be able to push back uh, Russians. But Russians at this point of scene are determined not to leave. And uh, even if they are not able, I mean, I don't think they have any intention to capture the entire Ukraine. But the moment they are sure, or the moment they are uh, reasonably uh, assured that they have a good control over the eastern part, uh, they will come out with some sort of solution. But uh, we have to see. Uh, meanwhile, this conflict, of course, is having uh, a lot of, uh, there are a lot of humanitarian uh, dimensions of this conflict. Hundreds and thousands of Ukrainians are now uh, refugees, are internally displaced. There are shortages, there are disruptions in the global supply chains. You know, uh, Russia and uh, uh, Ukraine both are uh, exporters of wheat. So there are food security issues arising. Uh, India is also uh, facing some of the problems out of, of course, there are some opportunities also arising that uh, we may be able to export our own wheat. But uh, we would not like to do this at the cost of, you know, the human lives in uh, Ukraine. Uh, uh, so, broadly speaking, uh, this is a case when there is a lack of political will or a desired design not to find a solution. You see, this is uh, the, the global powers which dominate uh, the United Nations are not willing to find a solution. And the so-called aggressor is not willing to give up on its uh, ambitions. Uh, this conflict uh, seems to be heading towards a more serious uh, problem. And uh, but once again, at the end of the day, it is dialogue. It is diplomacy. It's the you know communication which ultimately uh, would be required because no conflict, no war can be uh, you know, conducted forever. And uh, at some stage, you know, some sort of uh, solution will have to be found. And then uh, you know, that would be the, uh, the, the uh, role of uh, diplomacy uh, will be acknowledged. So I uh, leave this uh, uh, now uh, floor for if there are any questions, uh, any clarifications, if any of the participants want to ask, I'll be glad to provide that. Thank you. Over to you, Minakshi. Kamakshi. Yes. Thank you, Ambassador Malhotra, for your beautiful address to our students of the course on diplomacy and international relations. You gave a patent and analytical explanation to the ongoing Russia and Ukraine war and its historical background and future implications. I would now request 
you to answer, like, you know, briefly answer the questions posed by our students. Uh, so there's this one question. Uh, uh, one second. So what role do you think diplomacy plays after a conventional war has begun? How far is it successful? Well, that's the, uh, you know, uh, I would like to remind what I said, the golden, the golden principle that when diplomacy fails, the conflict starts. But fact of the matter is, if you look at all the conflicts, they started when diplomacy failed, but ultimately they had to revert back to the diplomacy. They had to come to the negotiating table. They had to sit down on a, you know, uh, uh, face to face and talk to each other, have a dialogue. All ceasefires require diplomacy. Ceasefires don't come on their own. The first, whenever there is a conflict, whenever there is a war, the first objective of all concerns, all mediators, all well-wishers, all institutional mechanisms, is to have a ceasefire put a temporary or a permanent halt to armed conflict and then sit back and sit together and address the substantive issues, whether they are territorial, whether they're ideological, whether, you know, whatever be the issue. So to come to the negotiating table is again through diplomacy. It doesn't happen automatically. It's either the two conflicting parties talk to each other, but more often it is the, you know, bigger, bigger powers or friends or even organizations like UN. But UN is also ultimately, uh, you know, uh, everything, uh, you know, works out and works in United Nations also what the big, big players and the big powers want. So when big powers and big players and move in and uh, uh, the diplomacy brings uh, ceasefire, cessation of hostilities, which is then followed by the substantive issues. You know, they may take years and years. I mentioned about uh, the Russia's, uh, Russia-Georgia war. It happened in 2008. Then France was, uh, played a very important role as uh, the European Union's chairman in bringing about the ceasefire after seven days of uh, war. And since then, there is a, uh, they call Geneva talks, which are held in Geneva. And all the parties to the conflict meet there periodically to address the basic issues. And they have been doing that now for 17 long years. But the good thing is that peace is prevailing. The status quo is there. And Georgia wants those uh, uh, you know, the breakaway regions to come back and integrate with the uh, with Georgia, but rather they don't want it. But there's no fight. So diplomacy brought the war to an end. And from then onwards, for 17 long years, they have been addressing the nitty-gritties of uh, finding a, a solution which will determine the political status of those two entities. But as I said, diplomacy has so far succeeded in um, in, in, in ensuring a sustained uh, peace in the region. This happened with Armenia and Azerbaijan also, 
for several years you know diplomacy uh, which is which was conducted through the organization of security and cooperation in europe which is osce uh, where there were four uh, three co-chairs russia america and france you know for many many years uh, they were able to ensure that there were no hostilities there were no you know the outbreak of war at one stage they failed and azerbaijan uh, decided to go its own way and then there was a war which lasted for 44 days but ultimately uh, it was diplomacy or diplomatic interventions uh, which brought an end to that uh, uh, you know hostilities and since then uh, you know once again within the format of osce and other formats uh, all the sides are talking to each other and hopefully there is no flare up again so it's a seesaw kind of a uh, uh, situation uh, uh, these uh, failures are also partial successes are also partial and uh, in fact uh, uh, we can't talk uh, in terms of absolute you know in absolute terms uh, when we talk about success or failure uh, because uh, the ideas uh, every time when diplomacy is at was the ideas to arrive at win win situations thank you ambassador malotra i think we can take more questions but uh, we it's better that we e will email you all the questions and then you can respond to them and yeah yeah i think that's better and that is uh, you mean subsequently uh, yeah yeah we'll email you all the questions and then you can respond okay. to them and then we can share it with the students so that they can get right, appropriate sure. answers yeah over a period of time yes 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 sure all right sure thank sure. thank you yeah thank, thank you thank you and i wish all the uh, students and aspirants uh, those who are wanting to get a taste of international diplomacy international relations uh, big success and i hope uh, through their own valuable uh, suggestions they will contribute to the collective wisdom thank you yes. over to and you. dear yes and dear students uh, i will discuss various various dimensions of diplomacy again in detail in the next week meanwhile you, you will be sent the reading material so that you can prepare and understand the subject more you know in a detailed manner so yeah 